If you don't know that much about quantum computing, there's no need to feel bad. You are far from alone. In November of 2019, Jack Hittery, who is affiliated with Google and is the author of Quantum Computing, an Applied Approach, said that he believed only 800 people in the world have the expertise needed to truly understand how to apply quantum algorithms. Some of those people work at Seek, a quantum computing company headquartered in Elmsford, New York, with facilities in London and Naples, Italy. Seek's approach to building a quantum computer is quite unique and offers a roadmap for scalable application-based quantum computers, which can be leveraged to solve some of the world's greatest challenges. This is a series of interviews published by that company. In this episode, Seek Creative Director Frederick Karlstrom meets in the foundry to talk with Mario Renzullo about the customized process of making Seek's chips. If you want to know more about Seek and the work they do to make computers for the quantum age, you can visit them at seek.com. Now the conversation with Mario Renzullo. So what we're hearing in the background is a chemical mechanical polishing tool. It's used for planarizing the surface of the wafer. And what that means is that it flattens out the topography. And by doing that, you're able to add complexity to the microchips. Explain the process to me. What happens before we get into this room? Okay, so typically we are here, we're only able to make four metal layers in a chip before it starts giving problems. So in order to add more than four metal layers, you need to have this chemical mechanical planarization process. And so the way you make a microchip is that you take a silicon wafer and you pattern each layer. Like first you add a metal, you pattern it, you etch it, and then you add the insulator. Then you add the next layer, same thing. You put a metal layer, pattern it, etch it, then another insulator. You do that, if you do that four times, then there's too much of a translation of the topography to the upper levels that you start to get problems with the chips, such as shorting or you have opens where there's no, no conduction. So we want to avoid that. So this, this tool, this chemical mechanical planarization or chemical mechanical polishing tool is for adding additional layers to our microchips so that we can add complexity to those chips and remove the complexity from the dilution refrigerator and from the quantum computing system. What do you do here? What is your role at Seek? So I am a process engineer here at Seek and what I do is this process behind me, chemical mechanical planarization. I do etching, reactive ion etching, I also do inductive capacitive plasma etching, I do uh, ion beam etching, I do depositions, silicon nitride deposition, I could also do oxide depositions, uh, also do metal depositions, niobium, tantalum, aluminum. I do measurements, I measure the heights of each uh, metal layer, and I also measure using uh, ellipsometer, ellipsometry, measure the thickness of the dielectric. And what's your background? What did you study in school? So my background is in chemical engineering and materials engineering. 
I started out uh, getting my bachelor's and master's degrees in chemical engineering, and then I went on to do an additional master's degree in materials engineering, all within uh, five years. How did you end up working at SEEK? How did that happen? So I came initially to work for Hypris, and when I came here, I actually didn't know much about superconducting technology, but I did know about microchip fabrication. Uh, Hypris needed someone who had knowledge with uh, this chemical mechanical planarization process to develop a process specific to superconducting technology. Is removing complexity something that makes it able to scale? So removing complexity from the quantum computing system and with the dilution refrigerator, the input-output lines, and putting that all into the control chip. So at the foundry, what do you see as the benefit for a company like Seek to have an integrated process from design to manufacturing to testing? Is that a good thing, and, and why? Yes, I think that's excellent that everything is done all within the same company, so we could all uh, collaborate with one another. So maybe I might not, I don't really understand too much as uh, as a quantum engineer or a physicist, but at the same time, they might not understand that much about chemistry. And with us collaborating together, we're able to get these difficult problems solved. What is the hardest part of your job? So I would say that getting a consistent result in the process is probably the, the hardest part. So it's, it's not just about getting something done once and getting one result. You want to always consistently get that good result. And that's what really what process engineering is all about. Getting within your wafer, getting a good yield so that you don't just have a whole wafer with one chip working because that is really costly. So you want a wafer with most of the chips working and you want it where every time you do it, the same result happens. So because this is a small foundry, uh, one of the only superconducting foundries in the United States, maybe the world, I imagine it gives you kind of this bespoke ability when it comes to making things for your clients. Is that, is that true? Yes, I would see it as, I would make a, a comparison and say that we're like the Ferrari of microchips. Typically, a car company would mass produce cars in an assembly line with robots, whereas Ferrari would have people who are would handcraft the car. Like they would really look at the details at each engine and and that's what I like to see this company as. Like we we custom make each chip. How do you guys work collaboratively between all these different disciplines? I mean you have a chemistry background, there's people here with physics backgrounds. How do you all work together? So we have every week a Friday meeting and during this meeting everyone gets to have their voice. So everyone gets to present their idea and, and you put this idea up against the whole group for a discussion and this allows everyone to collaborate to produce a, a great result at the end. If you were giving advice to someone who wanted to get into quantum and into this world, what, what would that advice be? So uh, I don't know much about the physics side of uh, how to get into quantum through getting a physics degree or through electrical engineering, but if you're someone who wants to go into the process side and the material side, I would recommend that you get a 
education in materials science, materials engineering, also have some chemistry background with that, some chemical engineering. So tell me a little bit about the different materials you use here. So we use, uh, of course, silicon, like the standard microchips. But unlike the standard microchips, we use uh, niobium. Uh, tantalum is actually is used in the microchip industry, but it's used typically as a liner for the copper interconnects. We also use sapphire. That's not typically standard in the CMOS microchips. And aluminum used to be used in the standard microchips, but it's no longer being used whereas here we still use it a lot. What about tantalum and niobium? What are they and why are you using them? So niobium and tantalum are superconducting materials. And in order to make superconducting electronics, you need superconducting materials. But more specifically, in order to make a quantum computer, one of the approaches at least is to use superconducting materials because by using a superconducting material, you're able to take the quantumness from the very microscopic scale, and you're able to make it into a macroscopic scale, into a chip. And the way that is done is through what is called the Bose-Einstein condensate. So at room temperature, an electron is a fermion, and when you cool down the superconducting metal, to where it becomes superconducting, those electrons pair up to become a Cooper pair. So when you have all these Cooper pairs in the superconductor, they all occupy a single energy level. And when this happens, then you're able to have quantum effects at the macro scale. Can you explain superconducting? What is that? So a superconductor is a material that has zero electrical resistance. So typically, when uh, you flow a current through a material, some of that current energy is lost and is dissipated. Typically, it becomes heat. But in a superconductor, you have no dissipation in the material and no heat is generated. Does it make the electrons go faster through the material, or is it still moving at the speed of light? Or is it just that it's less resistance? I believe it flows close to the speed of light, but I'm not a physicist, so no, I wouldn't no, even no, ask no. me about that. So can you tell me a little bit about what it's been like to move from what you were doing before into this place, working with quantum people, with physicists? Um, like, how's that process been for you? By working, I guess, in this type of environment, it's almost like as if you are waiting for your favorite TV show every week, where you want, want to see what the next episode's going to be. It's very exciting, like you want to see what comes next. If you succeed, if SEEK succeeds in meeting the goals, what do you think the benefits will be? What do you think the implications will be for the world? So if we are able to accomplish our goals, I believe that this would make a profound impact in uh, chemistry and material science especially, but it will also have impacts everywhere eventually and maybe into finance and possibly into things that we haven't even thought of. Some people are thinking that it could help solve climate change. But at the same time, you know, we don't want to overhype because we don't know. So that's interesting. As a scientist, obviously, 
you people are trained not to talk about things until they've been proven and peer-reviewed. How do you balance that? Like, do you have an opinion on talking about what's going on here before we've done it? Or is that sort of frowned upon? So, I mean, you have to have some kind of motivation for doing it. So you have to really have, have that kind of dreamer mindset. But yeah, at the same time, you have to be realistic. So you have to really balance that out. So on that note, all the stuff that we're doing here, you know, filming and interviewing, is obviously being done for two purposes. On the one hand, it's to strengthen the, the Seek brand so that we can attract, you know, great people. We can attract investments and customers. On the other hand, it is to further the understanding of quantum and to get quantum sort of out of the lab and into the minds of people. Do you think that's an important or good idea? Do you think we're being sort of stupid and superficial? Uh, yeah, I, I think that is important. I bet when the first microchips were made, people didn't really know anything about computers or what microchips were. The first calculators were thousands of dollars in price. It wasn't really used by many people, it's just used by academic institutions. Also, it's important to get this out there because the universities have to educate the next generation. So maybe a university has to develop a program for, let's say, a quantum materials engineer, because I'm sure that something like that doesn't exist. And do you think a brand can help to do that? I think the brand will help put the message out there. So we talked about scalability and complexity. Can you talk a little bit about the double E's that stands for energy efficient in the SEEK name? So we're being energy efficient. I believe it's because of we're making the chip, the control chip, at the same temperature as the quantum chip. So I believe that's what adds the energy efficiency. Whereas uh, if you're doing everything at room temperature and then you have to send the electronic signals to two uh, millikelvin temperatures, then uh, that's not very efficient. If you were in a dinner party or hanging out with friends that didn't come from this world, how did you explain what you do? I would just say that I make uh, microchips for quantum computing. And then they asked me what quantum computing is, then I would say it's uh, computing using the power of the quantum world. So it's computing to help solve problems that cannot be solved by a normal computer. If you are a company and you want us to make a chip for you or help you with a quantum problem, what would your recommendations be? Or let's say, let's say someone's thinking about investing in deep tech, what would your advice be? For someone who is just starting out investing in quantum or in deep tech, I would say to really try to learn what you're investing in. And not just to invest in something because it looks flashy or because of it's something that they wrote is exciting. To really look into the technology and to really think about how is this going to scale up. Do you feel like the climate for innovation and this kind of deep tech is going in the right direction? I mean, we've seen the last few years is this wave of anti-science. Do you feel that we're in the right place now looking at the world and, and innovation? So I guess it's, it's really... It's hard to say, but I think it has definitely improved this year. Whereas I, I think the past year had brought a real focus on science, especially with uh, COVID, because we had to develop a vaccine. And before, like vaccines were kind of like this laboratory experiment, no one really focused on it. But for the first time, we actually brought a new technology for a vaccine and made that into an actual product for everyone to use. 
And actually the reason why I went into engineering is because I wanted to help take things out of the laboratory and bring them into the real world for everyone. So my last question is about hiring, since I know Seek is hiring a ton of people. Why should someone work at Seek? Well, I would say that there's nothing more exciting in science or engineering now than quantum computing. I believe that Seek is one of the top players in the field. If you're going to work in quantum computing, Seek is definitely the place to go to because we are light years ahead in terms of scalability. Thanks for listening. For more of these conversations, go to wherever you get your podcasts, search Conversations for the Quantum Age, and hit subscribe. You can learn more about Seek and the work they do by going to seek.com. That's S-E-E-Q-C.com. This conversation was recorded at Seek's headquarters in Elmsford, New York. The series is produced by Seek creative director Frederick Hallstrom, who also did the interview. It was edited and sound engineered by Badia Shihab. The title music was composed by Anders Okergren, using sounds recorded at the Seek Chip Foundry in Elmsford, New York. My name is Tyler McLean. See you next time.